It's the beer show here on Score North on 1500 and online. You can find us at scorenorth.com. It's Reavers. Mike Fredoloni with Fredoloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores by my side. And you know what? This is our new foray into the new podcast studios because, full disclosure, we are recording this a week ahead of time because yours truly is taking a little vacation next week. So, uh, first of all, what do you guys think of the new digs here, of the new studio? Ryan from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits is here. Our good buddy Ben Quam from Bent Paddle is also in studio. It's actually, literally, folks, it's three of my favorite people on the planet all here in the studio at the same time. What do you guys think? Yeah, we're breaking it in. And this is like, this is the crew to do it with. I told you. See, the studio's sweet and you guys are sweet. So let's do I'm this. I'm really worried that I'm going to pour my beer on some of this new electronics. Okay, first of all, let's not even say that <laughs> okay. because that would be bad. And I would probably be fired again. Again. But, um, but and no. Joe would kill me. Yeah, yeah, no, Joe definitely would kill you. Um, but this is cool. So. Uh, here we are, and uh, we're in the new studio, and you guys are kind of getting adjusted to, A, the new digs, but also the fact that it was about 700 below zero today, but that doesn't stop the efforts and the resiliency of the beer show. Yeah, and today meaning like a week ago, because again, this is being played. You see what you did there, right? I, I kind of give it a reference point that's going to be about a week plus old. Yeah, a week plus old. Yeah. But you know what happened since we last talked about this? The Super Bowl happened. So I want to hear what everyone thought about the Super Bowl. What Although, a game! It had to be a great game, but we never <laughs> actually saw it because it's not Super Bowl yet. Right. But now this is after. So I think the Rams won 31 17. Okay. Ben? So that's my prediction. I think I got to go Patriots 24 20. Okay, Ryan? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Patriots as well. I'll say. I'll say 28 to 21. I'm gonna go Patriots 51 50. <laughs> nice. 51 50. Why not? Is that Van Halen? Is <laughs> that what no, that was? I have no idea. Easy E home for the sick. Um, okay, so b- given the fact that football season's winding down, Ryan, you help me here. Do beer sales wind down? I mean, Super Bowl week. Do, I mean. A lot of people stock up for the parties, for the atmosphere, for the ambiance, and all of those things. Does does it wind down after that? Uh, you know, here's the thing with this polar vortex that that happened and is happening to us at, at the moment. <laughs> right, uh, our, the sales are crazy with that. We didn't really see that coming, but because you know, we all want to hunker down, down and get yeah. wasted at our yeah, own house. So, so <laughs> we're one of those businesses that that kind of has to stay open for that reason. Mm-hmm. You know, to uh, to help people out. Well, it's a necessity. Um, yeah, absolutely. right. You got you can close the movie theaters. You can close the urgent cares, but you better not close the liquor stores because mm-hmm. right. people want to get. Juiced up, Ben. Same same opinion. Yeah, I think a hundred percent. It's tough when um, you know when inclement weather happens, but usually anything that causes people to want to stay in their house more is something that's going to be a boon for us. And then we have that added fun of being here in Minnesota, where once you hit February. All everybody needs is like that 32 degree day when the shorts come oh, out yeah. and the everybody tops down. Yeah, and all of a sudden like the grills are getting fired yeah, up. Absolutely. You know, and then it's and then then that's all you're looking for after that. Did so you it, look at my house? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm constantly this is kind of existential what I'm going to talk about, but life seems to go super super fast. And if you don't remember when you were a kid and you'd say, "Oh, Christmas is 30 days away and those 30 days would take forever." And that's what Minnesota does to me. It slows my life down because winter takes forever, (laughs) right? And that's good because if it was always 70 degrees, life would just pass you by. But when you live in Minnesota and you have these long runs of of tiredness. Did you just drop a Ferris Bueller reference? I don't think I did, but maybe. But So, Ryan, you know, with the Super Bowl over and we're moving on. Are there Easter beers? I mean, do and does someone have a Valentine's Day beer? (gasps) Has that been a market that's been... 
There a Peeps-related beer coming from Bent Panel no, Brewery. No, because Peeps are garbage food. And don't <laughs> They shouldn't exist anywhere. You made something that feels like a soft Cheeto and tastes like sweet feet. Okay. Absolutely not. I can't stand them. Get out of here. About but, 1% of the population just said, oh my God, I want to eat those. But someone will do that. Someone somebody will make will. that beer. There's yeah. no way that it hasn't already happened. I will say, I will say that uh, in bars only, we do have a few accounts that are a part of a thing we call the Infusion Program, mm-hmm. and we did... For Valentine's Day, we did take our black ale and we uh, infused it with a little dark chocolate and raspberries. So it will be popping up at a few bars around town for a little nice little kind of Valentine's Day vibe. Uh, jet black, obsidian black in in appearance. But Is it, it an official like aphrodisiac? Is that why? <laughs> I, you know what? I'll leave that up to the, the users and they can tell me if they think the beer helps. I will say this though, in because in def- I hate peeps too, but in defense of peeps... The only time it's acceptable, s'mores. Have you used a peep for a s'more? No, nope, sure haven't. It's, it's not bad. It's it not good, bad. Though? Oh, b- well, p- okay, picture the the uh, uh, crusted uh, burning little peeps. Yes. <laughs> but 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 it's got a t- a, t- a, a touch sugar, of flavor yeah, to it. Yeah, a little yes. sugar crystallization. Yeah, that's I the like only that. time a peep is acceptable. Now, I I'm going to call BS because that was a horrible sales pitch. Because okay. what you said was <laughs> It's not terrible. Sure. Like, terrible. We, one day uh, in my early 20s, we were out and we decided that we were going to create a shot called the Mick Jagger. Oh, God. Which was Jagermeister dropped into Mick Golden Light. And Love literally it. all we would tell people is, it's not that bad. And it's really, like, not that bad. Uh, it's Jagger. also it's also not great. And it doesn't, and at no point would you be like, you know what, I love these two ingredients together. It was just comical that it wasn't horrible. Sure. I feel like that's what you just sold me. And I love me. And it's chocolate, marshmallow, graham cracker. Now, what I will say, throw a little peanut butter in there. That's not bad. That's a legit mm-hmm. s'more. I could do that. And, and the thing is... It's pretty tough to screw up a s'more. So if you're if you're lowering the bar on a s'more, yes, yes. you're doing you're doing the entire free world an injustice. Okay, yeah, I might not need to improve. How the hell did we get here five and a half minutes? Into we the started show? talking about Valentine's Day. It's which the, is that's, true. that's true. It's the new studio. Reverse, are you going to do anything? I know you just got back from vacation. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do anything Valentine's Day related for your gal? Here is the beauty. Of Chris Reavers. Okay. I like to do something big, mm-hmm. but it's a one-time deal. So I encapsulate our anniversary, Christmas, Valentine's Day, all in like one thing. Okay. And that's it. So our trip was our thing. Okay. That doesn't and include her birthday. No, and I do birthday. something. Okay. I do something. I do sure. something for her birthday. But what I'm saying is, you don't is, give her one of those like a free back rub. And no, then you're no, no, because here's creepy. here's the best part about why I decided to marry my wife. Yes. Not only is she a smoke show, but also the fact that she's she's more low maintenance and less materialistic than I am. Nice. I mean, look at me. I'm wearing a sweatshirt that's 22 years old. I like that. Well, it's not had, a joke. You had your Jerbo <laughs> jeans on from the other day. See? And well, I they love were those jeans. Too. I love and those. he doesn't ever wear those anymore because I think I mentioned it one time. And he made Yet fun I, of me. I did not oh, make I thought fun you were of making you. this up. This no. He had like a pair of the most kick butt Jerbo jeans circa 1989. They were awesome. Yeah. I swear he had those yep. when he was 15 years old. Yep. And then he Senior never wore them again. Yeah. I did. I totally yeah. did. Yeah. And then I I was like, I probably should stop wearing these. No, I loved them. I, I wish that brand you would know come what? back. They had such a deep pockets. Next time we do a beer show, I will wear them wear the, just for you. Thank you. I'll have to I'll have to remember. But they're they're still tucked into my closet. Tight um, roll them down the ankle mm-hmm. or it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs>
pin those things yep. under yeah, the sock. Come on. Under the sock. All right, so uh, before we take a break, let's let's chat a little bit about the industry, about things that are happening. Uh, let's start with you, Ben Quam at Bent Paddle. What are some happenings with you guys up in the Duluth area? I know it hasn't uh, exactly been... Uh, as welcoming as you would like uh, this this time of the year, but that's what I love about the Northland is it's hardy, it's it's healthy, and they embrace that style of weather. I'll tell you when when you look at the thermometer and it says twenty seven below zero air temperature, and you walk into a restaurant and it's completely packed that's and awesome. everybody's just laughing. That is that's awesome. Absolutely, what is beautiful about Duluth? It's it, that part of it was great. Waking up the next morning and then trying to start my car <laughs> was less than great. But let me just tell you, uh, a hairdryer propped up over the fuel injector and battery did nicely. Nice. And I got from two different people that buying an electric blanket and actually putting it over the whole engine and then shutting the hood and leaving that plugged in for a while can also get you out in a pinch. All right. So not only are we making delicious <laughs> beer up in the North Country, but we're also trying to help you not get stuck. So I was there for your guys' anniversary party back in May, correct? I'm sorry. It is trademarked festiversary. Thank so, you very much. Thank you. Sorry. For, uh, and, and my entire family was there. Yeah. The wife, the kids, everybody was there. We had a blast. How is the new location? Because my God, is it beautiful? You guys, you guys really did a great job with that new space for Ben Powell. It's been pretty amazing. Like just having extra space to to move and breathe is awesome. We had the Duluth Dogs came down to to do uh, uh, basically to talk about the next year and, and the next season, uh, and we have the room for them to have part of it, and nobody else really even noticed. We could still operate. As business goes, okay, you know it used to be you either had if anybody was going to do anything in the tap room, you had to shut the whole thing down, and then you know you're making the group happy, but you're disappointing other people. Now we have the ability to kind of do it all, and then it's also allowing us to do a bunch of like fun, funky things. Uh, Neil, who is just a mad genius, um, at all times has three or four different beers on tap just in the tap room. Uh, for people, for us to try to figure out where we want to go. Um, we won a, a gold medal for his Saison out at uh, the GABF at the Great American Beer Fest. And that was a beer we weren't planning on releasing. <laughs> and now we have this prestigious gold medal for it. That's awesome. So it's, it's having our employees have more time and more ability to be creative, which allows us to continue to make really consistent, high-quality beer, but also do some some fun, funky things like uh, what you were uh, sipping on previous to us walking into this beautiful new studio. Which was which was really, really good. Tell people about it, because I, I, I told you off the air before the segment started that I found myself, when I was first introduced to sour beers, I was like, but... They've gotten so good, I have become a massive fan of sour beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we kind of started, I guess, last fall with the idea of a sour series called Wilderness Tuxedo. And it's a flannel design on the can, it's a flannel design on the tap handle, and then the idea is that the colors of the flannel will change as the, the fruits cycle through. So uh, coming out next week, we will have our boysenberry uh, American Kettle Sour. So we're really looking forward to people getting into that. It's uh, a boysenberry, for those of you that haven't tried one, is a hybrid between a raspberry and a blackberry. Mm-hmm. So it has some of the inherent sweetness from both fruits, but also really balances off sort of that tartness. And by the way, those of us with a distinct and extensive Kolachki background, we know damn well what a boysenberry <laughs> is, by the way. My grandma 
was the best, and she's still alive, but mm. she is the best kolachki maker alive. Go ahead, at me. I don't care. Grandma Kaktavi was the best kolachki maker in, in history. I don't even know what a kolachki is. Dear what is, God. What is a kolachki? Are you from Do you know what it is? I know what I am. My grandma You is. are You are she's, Minnesota through and through. Yeah, but I had, a, I had an Italian. It is a, it is a bun. Things. It is a bun yes. with fruit in the middle. It's like a filling. Okay, it's a filling. Yeah. and Like it's, a jelly donut. I don't even... You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get you kolachki. A kolachki. Okay. It's it so good. delicious. Go down know. to Montgomery, kolachki days. It's okay. usually right before 4th of July, middle part of June. Is this I Polish? Believe. Is that a Polish thing? It's, it's German? Czech. It's Czech. Czech. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, oh, oh, little things I've learned on the show. I'm on a kolachki right now. Let me ask Ben real quick because we had, and maybe Ryan, you can help me this. We had another brewer on that won a gold medal someplace. Mm-hmm. They won the big gold medal and they had a beer and they said, yeah, that was seasonal and. And they just stopped selling it. This was Lakes and Legends. Was it Lakes yeah. and Legends? And it bugged the crap out oh, of me. Oh, you think so? Because you chided them on the air well, and to the point of I submission. I assume Bent is going to be smart enough. <laughs> ben Paddle is going to be smart enough to say, hey, we want a gold medal with this. People are going to be looking for this beer. Let's make more of it. Or is that not the case? Am I just trite in, to think that, trite in my thinking that people will just want to maximize the utility out of a gold medal? It's... There's two things at work, and it's kind of tough. Number one is that when you're in an industry, you you sort of hyper weigh awards, Mm -hmm. and it's an amazing an amazing accomplishment. It's wonderful to be able to to know that it's you know with beers coming from around the country and around the world to have our beers being rated is it's wonderful. Sure, Um, but your average person on the street that's you know walking into a liquor store might not even know what that festival is, much Mm -hmm. less why it matters to win a gold medal. It matters to the people who really delve deep and know a lot about craft beer and are looking for excellent new things. But I think a lot of the people that are just hanging out, it's like, I mean, the Fast and the Furious movies are always going to sell movie tickets, regardless of the fact that they're never going to get an Oscar nomination Mm -hmm. for anything except maybe noise and or jump cuts. But the fact is, people just sometimes... They just want to go and get what they like or get what package looks so cool. So are you trying to tell me that winning a gold medal may not translate to uh, increased sales? Correct. But if it you can. put that on your can and said, hey, mm-hmm. gold medal at the ABA, I mean, that's a big deal. I am I think if I walked into Elevated, I'd say, oh, this is a gold medal winning beer. Mm-hmm. Somebody with taste knowledge said this was the best of the best. Well, that would have to resonate to sales. So to use us as an example, uh, our 14-degree ESB has won the bronze, then the silver, then the gold. Mm-hmm. All three medals are on the package, and that is still fifth in our lineup as far as sales okay. goes. It, hmm. it, it's a bump. It definitely sure. does. And it's awesome. It's beautiful for a salesperson like me to be able to walk it's around a gold and say, beer. yeah, it's a gold medal winning beer. Mm-hmm. But your average person coming in might not even, that might not even cross their mind. The other problem that we have is with a business that's continuing to grow. It requires a ton of planning. Mm-hmm. And when you already have a beer calendar sent out to all of your uh, distributors and you've gone through everything, you've done the marketing on it. And then we get a curveball like that. Wow. It's really tough to try and figure out what we would get rid of from our beer calendar to introduce this new beer. Got it. So it's never it's never a no. It's just not for now. That one might not be around. All right. So before we break here, Ryan, I want to transition back to you. Um, uh, ben Ben Paddle up in Duluth has kind of been a fixture with you guys basically since you started and since yeah. you guys were on this beer show. So when you've got a heritage brand. Like these guys that continually put out great beer, great products, 
is it a different selling point given the fact that it's from the Northland or does it not really even need to, to, to be sold that way when it's on a retail store or on a retail shelf, excuse me, like it is at your store? How, how does that work when you're dealing with the, the Twin Cities market? I think uh, we've seen a, a lot of brands outside of the Twin Cities and, and the metro area sort of struggle to break in sure. to the Twin Cities. Sure. And and even recently with some brands that you would have thought, man, they own their turf like 100% where where they are in Minnesota, but then they come to the Twin Cities and it just doesn't it doesn't do what you think it would. And why is that? Why why what do you attribute that to? Um, you know, it's I think it sometimes it's just um they just don't resonate with the with the craftier consumer down here. Maybe is part of it. The other thing is there's just way more options now. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. when when Bent Paddle uh, first started distributing, we were lucky to be one of the first four or five stores and in, uh, in the cities that was that was able to to stock our shelves with Bent Paddle, and that was a huge honor. And, and it was a big thank you still to you guys for mm-hmm. for keeping us involved in, in that. Um, but you know, at that point, I want to say there was maybe only what like forty breweries in the state. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we're talking about like five x what what that was mm-hmm. at this point. So there's just more noise, and it's hard to it's harder to break in. But we see it happen. You know, we, we're gonna have uh, uh, some of those breweries on over the course of the year that are that are doing a good job. Uh, last week, <laughs> tomorrow, well, we've got <laughs> Drecker coming on. They've done a good job, technically from North Dakota, of course, but. Uh, They've had similar uh, success down here in the cities. Absolutely. Junkyard is another one. So uh, it does happen. It's just harder. And uh, you have to have great beer, and Bent Pedal has that. You have to have great people. Bent Pedal has that. The branding, the marketing, everything has to come together these days to, to not only get there, but to sustain it. You mean good people outside of Ben? Outside of Ben. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly. All right, we're going to step aside for just a quick moment. We're going to come right back. Do not touch that radio dial. This is the Beer Show live on Score North on 1500. And, of course, online we are, scorenorth.com. We'll be Excellent bumper song, my friend. That's that good, good. What? It, what who is this? John Butler Trio. Okay. He. Uh, he's is this just, straight country? What's that? Is this straight country? What is no, it? It's, it's got. It's, it's like a, all, a little bit of folk, a little bit of bluegrass, a little bit of pop. I'm down. I'm yeah, down. I um. I had, I knew a couple of his songs, and I had you know I downloaded them at some point they would always kind of make it onto a mix because you're and my then, music guy by the way. That, you're fair. one of my music guys it's that's that, i'm that a lot of a, people's music guy <laughs> i know you are i know uh, you are and uh, i went to the basilica block party uh last year and he was playing and i had never watched him play and what he does with that guitar in his hands is just, or banjo or sure. uh, dobro or whatever it was uh, it was honestly breathtaking uh and it was like 
all the rest of my friends were like, yep, yeah, we're going to go get beers and corn dogs. And I was like, shh, 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 no. get out, hush, go away. Papa Bear <laughs> wants to hear this. Ben, ben needs to watch and Ben <laughs> needs to learn. You know, and, and I know they're affiliated with another radio station, one that I used to work for, um, but the Basilica is such a great event. Yeah. It, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's a really good event, uh, pulled off extremely well every single year, and acts like that are discovered because mm-hmm. of that event. Yep. So that's it really- was great, but you heard what happened last year. No. Cake was the headliner. Did mm-hmm. you happen to go? To that, was no. the, that was the other night. Yeah, so Cake was the headliner the final night, mm-hmm. and the, the lead singer from Cake came out and said, hey, I bet everyone drove here and they're gas-guzzling big SUVs. I'm like, well, what's going on? Like, And the crowd kind of just... You know, uh, kind of clapped, and then he's like, "We well, don't get it. You're killing the earth." I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you're coming, he, coming out swinging. He's no. not going to stop. I just happened to be invi- an invited guest of some people, so I was right up front. Yeah, and the eleven of us turned to each other and said, "We're out of here." And thank God, in the Star Tribune the next day, said, "Cake, we've never seen a band come out and take seventy thousand people from joyousness to I'm leaving early because this band is such a bunch of." Dorks! It was unbelievable. So how rude literally, he, was. he just took a shot at he everybody just kept in the talk, audience, and he, and he talked about religion. He was like, "I don't even know why we're playing this." Uh, I mean, if you guys are fine oh, with it, I guess man. it's like, "What are you doing?" It was so horrible. What is that about? Because one of my favorite bands to see live is U two, mm-hmm. and I I've seen them probably fifteen times in my life, and I love their music. Bono, shh, yes. And, and again, it's not that his message isn't well-intended and that he's not trying to achieve good. That's not my point. My point is, stop talking about the evil of capitalism mm-hmm. when you're charging $275 yeah, a the ticket. the definition of capitalism. But th- and yeah. that's my point. So you're, you're, you're a hypocrite when you're up on stage in front of... And again, when they were here at TCF Bank Stadium... 40, no, it was more like 65,000 people were there. The rain was falling in the middle of their act. It was amazing. My pregnant wife with my first son, we were were having the time of our lives, and it was, you know, there's so many people out there just, I'm like, no, no, you're ruining this right now. What drives me nuts mainly about that is half the time you can't understand a word they're saying. (laughs) And you're like, we don't have any idea what you're saying, so we're just going to hold up our uh, cell phone lighters. Right. And uh, it drives me crazy. All right. Well, anyway, so that that was cool. I I like that song a lot, the John Butler Trio. Yeah, that was my uh, thanks for coming back from vacation in San Diego song. (laughs) That's well done. There's something about that song particularly, but that entire album that just makes me feel like I should have my feet in the sand and drinking a beer on the beach. Oh, my God. It's the best thing ever. So I have a very loaded question for you, Ben Quam from Bent Paddle, but more importantly for you, Ryan, from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. By the way, folks, they are and have been our broadcast partner here on the Beer Show since we started from day one, and they have the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, uh, in South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd, and in White Bear Lake at Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. I was having a... Uh, I, so the Reavers family, we celebrate Christmas Way after the fact. And we always do it the weekend between football, Pro Bowl weekend. And I've got a lot of relatives that that ask me questions that I don't know the answers to. But where is craft beer going? Because I I look at it from a 30,000-foot view and say, well, there are always going to be trends and there are always going to be things that people are going to gravitate towards. But I also think that... The, the 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 brands that have been doing it for a long time that that want to really take care of the people that got them to where they are, they're not going to just change for the sake of change. And I always I, I I will continue to say this. Mike and I had this discussion a, a couple of months ago, I believe, 
And I think what's going to happen is those brands, those those, those big brands are going to be able to be afforded the opportunity to be a bit more creative with, 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 with things, but they are not going to want to alienate their base. So tell me how wrong I am by my stance. I, th- I think, well, we've, we've explored this question many times on this show, you know, hanging out together, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. I know a lot of listeners have too. And it seems to kind of been the question really since it all began is, you know, where is it going? What is the saturation point? That's always, that's always the, the key, the key word there. Um, I do agree with you. I think, I think you got to be careful when you, when you are a, a regional or more of a legacy brewery, uh, you know, going too crazy in terms of trying to to follow these these little trends and these and these larger trends um, that are that are occurring in our in our marketplace. Uh, however, you know the the new generation of beer drinker, I'm not sure that they're really going to have that that same affinity for one particular style or one particular beer going forward. So you have to think about that too. Mm-hmm. You know what? Who is the consumer of the future? So and 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 how how do they change? How do their tastes change over time? And and will they ever stabilize? I don't know. I don't. I think that the data so far points to the to the fact that they they won't have staple beers like you know the guy that's always got a 12 pack of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I mean. We may not see that 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 consumer may be an anomaly now, whereas before it was kind of a standard. So, so. do you attribute that to there are still so many beer drinkers to be yet converted? Is that is that the basis of that? Well, I think that is happening. You know, to older generations, or you know, they're still finding out about craft beer, exploring craft beer. But I think the newer entrants to the market. When I say newer, I mean I guess younger. The the, the new the newly minted twenty one year olds that are that are they're getting into the into the scene, I think that they have a little bit more of that that sort of fickle uh, taste that that is really hard to pin down mm-hmm. month to month, year to year. Because I will say this: so uh, again, referencing back to my own family, my own personal experience. So my uncle is in his mid fifties, all right, and I got him converted to craft beer, and what does he drink? Three one two from Goose Island, and again, not that that's not a craft beer. It is a craft mm-hmm. beer, but that's that's his like oh, the, and he gets oh, you're drinking that fancy beer, and and again, I'm not ripping Goose Island or three one two at all, but it's just it's so funny to see how that conversion takes place to a guy that literally has just drank Mick Golden Draft Light his entire life. Yeah, it's it's, it's I mean it's, it's really cool when when you get those converts. I think it's I think it's amazing. And yeah. again, you know, I think that. There's plenty of room uh, in the older generations for that sort of kind of just like, hey, this is my beer. This is what I do. This is my identity. I identify with that. I think maybe what it comes down to is just identifying with a brand, right? And uh, and I, you know, not to not to just uh, throw Ben Pedal back out there for the sake of the fact that that Ben's on the show with with us here, but that's that's kind of what I think has to be the direction now, right? Is that it's 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 brand and, and lifestyle and, and you know all that. it's. I, I totally agree with you. I think you're 100% right. And it's been an, a really interesting thing because I think it's one of the aspects of this industry that I didn't expect. Um, you know, like I have I have friends that have only bought Fords for their entire adult lives. Or <laughs> I have I have friends that have only bought like the same brand of Snowblower mm-hmm. forever. But they don't necessarily like identify with the Toro lifestyle. Sure. They just really enjoyed that Snowblower or whatever the brand may be. Sure. Ford, same thing. They just they just like that, and then they inherently, I guess, have to talk poorly about Chevys or Dodges or however that works. I'm not sure. For us, it really has become a part of it because 
because there are so many options, there's so many people around us that are also making really interesting or good beers, and maybe it's just one beer that's amazing, or maybe they hit it really well a couple times, and then it's not the best quality, and then it's back up to awesome quality. There's all of these different things that can happen, but at the end of the day, we're seeing a lot more people that are trying to identify with like our brewery as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, you know... The way that 2019 is shaping up for us, we're going to be doing a collaboration with a, a local musical act, and it's going to be pretty big for us. That was a thing that happened because the lifestyle that we push out about being outdoors and caring about the environment around you and being kind of a part of like wanting to go camping and being active, all of that sort of linked up with you know the folk and bluegrass scene that that happens around here and it's kind of created its own thing you know like at the tap room over the last couple days when i was up in duluth it was really fun to watch people they'd walk into a tap room and the first thing they do is take that left turn and go in and start looking at like our apparel Mm -hmm. because they wanted to buy the shirt right away or buy the hat it's just as important to get the shirt as get it on and then they'd come up and order the beer and I don't know that I've ever walked into a bar anywhere and thought I should do something before I go and get something to drink. Like, right, right. That it was it was really neat to sit at well, the bar have, and watch that Well, you have you have walked into a Twins stadium and said, "Oh, I'm going to go buy a Twins jersey" because that means something to you, yep. right? And if you can get people doing that at your brewery, that means your brewery means something to them yep. too. One thing that I think brewers that um, craft brewers don't see is that these macro brands want to get that person for their very first beer mm-hmm. because that's the most important beer because you might hold somebody drinking Natty Ice for five years and then they are a domestic lager drinker for the rest of their life. How does Bent Paddle, you know, if you even go to the Philip Morris's of the world and they say, we want to make a fake cigarette because we want a kid pretending to smoke our cigarette at 10. So when he starts smoking at 18, he smokes our cigarette. I know Ben Paddle's not doing that. <laughs> Jesus. But, no, but it, you know, you're taking it from I, the biggest, richest companies in the world. Yep. There's something to be learned about catching that first of it. What does Bent do to say, hey, we want, when you're 21, how do I get a Bent Paddle into your hand? You know, I, I, it's not necessarily that we're not seeking out 21-year-old beer drinkers, but I think Bent Paddle and if craft breweries are honest with themselves, it's usually get them a couple years so they mm-hmm. can start making some of their own money. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was 21, I went in and whatever was the cheapest thing sure. was what I bought. And it, I sometimes it wasn't even that I liked it. It was, I know I don't like this, but I only have X amount of money that I can I spend. I have sixty ninety nine. Yeah. in my I, I need pocket. to get 24 of these. And so really what it is, is by the time that, that you've grown up a little bit and you're now hitting like 24, 25, 26 year old, you're, you know, hopefully have a job that's paying you enough that you can afford rent or a mortgage mm. and then save a little bit. You start splurging a little bit more. You get better ingredients for your food. You start getting really interesting, delicious beer. What we're hoping is that you're also, maybe you got a nicer bike and you start to go biking a little bit more, mm. or you finally buy your own canoe and then you take that out on the lake or you take it out on the river. Those are the people that are then saying, well, this brand, this this brewery, really pushes forward with all that. They do a lot of charity work trying to make sure that we keep our lakes and rivers and streams clean so that we can continue to enjoy that. They also make really, really good beer. I'm going to kind of go all in on that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where we've seen the most loyalty is is there's always going to be the uber nerds that are just looking for the the crazy barrel age release or whatever they can do. That's, I think, any trend. You'll have the people... Like that's I'm that way with music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's always going to be a thing. But you're you're 
wider swath of, of who's paying the bills and keeping the lights on are people that are just saying, I identify with, I like that beer, but I also identify with that company. All right, stick around. Uh, don't touch the radio, Dell. We're in a fascinating conversation here on The Beer Show with three of my favorite people on the planet. It's Ben Quam from Bent Paddle Brewery. It's Ryan from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, and Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. My name is Chris Reavers. This is The Beer Show live on Score North on 1500. And, of course, we are scorenorth.com. Gotta wait for that part to kick in. Final segment of the Beer Show here on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. It's Reavers. It's Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. Ryan from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities. And our buddy Ben Quam from Bent Paddle Brewing Company. We had to bump back with some YouTube because uh, I just ripped them to shreds, even though I've probably paid more money than any of us in this room to see them over the last decade. But but that's cool. Mm-hmm. I was at that show and it really was amazing. How sweet was that TCF Bank show? I mean, with when he was singing in the rain and dancing with that oh umbrella my God. from the woman in the crowd. Oh, that was crazy. And okay, full disclosure, my wife was let's see, that would have been July. William was born in November, four minus nine. She was five and a half months pregnant with my first son. Okay, we parked here at Hubbard Broadcasting. We walked down to TCF Bank Stadium, pouring rain. She was wearing high heels. <laughs> and I said, babe, why don't you? She's like, no, we're walking back. And I went, oh, my God, you're amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> I, had, I had the exact opposite uh, experience. Oh, good. I went, with a, I went with a platonic friend of mine. And uh, it was just me and her because she's a big U2 fan. And we've known each other since high school. And we were both standing there. And, and he was doing, um, I think it was when he was doing uh, With or Without You. Yep. And it's like the rain is just pouring down. And we were down in the field, and we were about 20 or 30 feet back from the stage. And she just leans over, and she's like, I feel like this would be a completely different moment if, like, you were with somebody you were dating. If, if we were to, uh, an idol. Yeah. Like, if I thought you were attractive enough to kiss, I would do it right now. It was, it was just that moment, like, like, you look around, and everyone's leaning into each other, and people are making out, and people are doing, like, the, I'll stand behind you and then put my hands in your raincoat. Yep, yep. And then we were standing, like, comfortably one foot apart, <laughs> just like... I'm I'm glad we're here to acknowledge this moment. So the oddest thing was my foursome was me and my wife. You're, I'm sorry, where Wait, are we what? going right now? The the, the <laughs> this I'll, is a I'll completely different guess. story. No, I don't think but, you can tell the story on the but, but the group that I was with at that show was me, my wife, the mayor Joe Souchere, Rick Cupcella. Oh no, from Carol Evans at the time. The uh, cup. now bring me the news yeah. or whatever God's name he's doing now. Rick, I love you, but I don't have any idea what you're doing. 
and Brian Oak and his wife. That was our group. That was our group at this show, and it was awesome. We had such a great time. Can you watch a concert with Brian Oak and, and not ask his opinion on it? Because he's such a deep music nerd. No, but yes, here's why. Because he gets super high. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just joking. No, he I does. think you might be right. <laughs> oh, God, he's going to sneeze. No. We have no idea whether he does I'm just kidding. No, but, but yeah, and here's why. Because... Much like his takes on fantasy football, because he's an idiot about basically everything else, but he's such a great guy that mm. it doesn't matter. Can oh, I, I just I just ripped a friend on the on. air. All right, can I can I throw in a twenty second story? Please. So when you were talking about, by like, the way, this is not going to take twenty seconds. It's Ben yeah. Quam. <laughs> when you were like, hey, did did you get her like the the coupon book for like a back rub or whatever? Oh yeah, like presents yeah. that yep. aren't really. Yep. Yep. Uh, my fifteenth birthday, my present from my dad was Brian Oak. Uh, I know this story. My, my dad worked with him, and he was like, I don't know what to get him. Can you just grab some CDs from the radio station and just come, I don't know, like talk to him? Oh, and so Brian funny. came in, and super uncomfortable, like, I, here's a 15-year-old kid I've never met. Right. So he walks in, and he just hands me the stack of CDs, and I was like, cool! And then he gave me a shirt, and I couldn't believe that he sounded the same in person that he did on the radio. Mm-hmm. And we talked for like five minutes, and then he's like, all right, well... I'm going to get out of here. So Peace. See ya. And little did he know he turned you into a DJ, or yeah. were you already DJing yeah. then? You're like, no, I definitely be not. In. Okay, you weren't. So let, let me, can I digress out of beer just a little bit? Let me let me take a quick second, though. Okay. Of all that group of people, yes. they're all the same same person, and here's why. They are just as good and humane and, and, and real in life yeah. as they seem to be yep. when they're broadcasting. They're, they're about... That's that's my favorite people that I've met in Brian. There's no second, was that second Brian. No, Oak. no, it's Brian same, yeah. and and the long suffering Colleen, his beloved wife. They're they're <laughs> awesome people, and so is Joe, and so is Rick. So continue. Mike. Okay, yeah, so my short awesome question people. for Ben is: um, I'm always fascinated by DJs, right? This is kind of a it, it, you know we're we're kind of a, in a cool market, but how do you become a DJ, and what is that business like? When you're in that bar and restaurant entertainment business, is that fun being a DJ, or does that get to feel like work real quick? Uh, it's both. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's really really fun when you're in the middle of it and the crowd is going crazy. Mm-hmm. It's really really exhausting when you can't just enjoy being at a bar anymore. Okay, because I it's always on. If I'm anywhere where there's live music or a DJ. Even if I'm in a very intimate conversation, sure. I'm still listening to what's to, going to on. To what they're doing. And like wincing if it's not good or like, oh, wow, that was really cool. So, okay, I, I have to ask this too. I've been at bars where the like the dance floor is packed and things are really fun. And the DJ seems to, on purpose, drive the music right down where everybody leaves the dance floor. And I get that you want to have people drinking, but you want to have people happy first. Well, what, Is that logical? There's, there's two things that work there. One... It's either somebody really is trying to work hard to boost bar sales, mm-hmm. or they're just really not good. They're just not good. You can't, no matter what you do, you can't ever keep it at the same. I mean, honestly, it's the same way that we look at like our beer calendars. You can't just do. Hands up, you, do <laughs> you can't just do that the whole time right. and just have driving. You have to give people <laughs> a little ebb and flow. Sure. And honestly, if you really want to take it into a more scientific realm, dance music usually hovers somewhere around 125 to 128 beats per minute, beats per minute yeah. which is also your target heart rate for if you're really giving it a hard workout. Okay. But you don't want to do that for a sustained long period of time. Mm-hmm. You want to get people to kind of come back down and rest, which is why you see a lot more of like the chiller side of hip hop is in the 70s and 80s, and then you can start building it back up. People walk at a lot closer to a, like um, upper 90s to 100, which is why like really 
killer West Coast hip hop when when the '90s were banging. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved that because it feels like you should be laid back because that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can walk with like kind of a cool strut with sure. it, but then if you speed up a little bit, all of a sudden you're walking with disco. That's okay. you know 115 to 170. So it is planned because yeah. I've I've you Reavers you've worked in bar yep. club things. I look at him like, oh, the DJ, what are you doing? No, you, it's, it, People are filled. You're having fun. Uh, Still, you're drinking if you're I, dancing. I will say this. I, I have worked in places where there's been very good DJs mm-hmm. and ones that are completely mailing it in. And I've also seen this guy to my right in action. He's about as good as it gets. Oh, because fun. because he A, he's paying attention, but B, he knows the audience. Sure. He's like, okay, it's us. So what am I going to play? I'm going to play 90s hip-hop and, mm-hmm. and things that are going to get us out there to shake our rear ends. I'm not going to play the latest song from Drake because we all think he sucks. I so, don't. I love Drake. And there's, there's, a, there's a legitimate comparison <laughs> that I can make to, to beer here, too, where you kind of have to... you. You have to let yourself evolve if you really want to be any good at doing that. You can't just get a bunch of music and then, oh, now I'm a DJ. Mm, right. Just like you can't just buy a bunch of right. brewing equipment mm-hmm. and now I'm going to start a brewery. It's the 10,000-hour thing. Yeah, yeah, we've all been around places in the last couple of years that have done that, basically. Somebody wrote a check and then they're like, oh, now we make beer. Yep. And what you end up with is maybe even they'll hit one out of the park, but then you'll see quality f- suffer on some other stuff because they haven't learned everything. Mm-hmm. Like when people ask me that question, the saddest part is, is it takes time because you have to know every single song. Like there are songs where I couldn't tell you a single word, but I know exactly how long it'll be until the chorus. I know exactly how long it'll be until we get to the next thing or to the place where I like to cut it. That part of that is just like this. You have to develop beers that you can do well and you have to slowly grow that. And then you'll get to a point where you can really start taking risks. All right. So because we haven't really had much fun here tonight and we haven't had a much, uh, m- much conversation, uh, we have got a couple minutes left. But here's what I want to touch on. Ben Paddle from Ben Pat Bent. Ben Quam from Benjamin ben T. Paddle. From Holy ben crap. And I was doing so good up until this point is here with us. Uh, our buddy Ryan from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, and Mike Fredaloni from Fredaloni's East Harbor Garden Stores. A couple couple minutes here to close. So I want to talk about the going out aspect of nightlife because I had a friend that bartends downtown Minneapolis, and he said New Year's this year, and, and basically this entire stretch this winter, the going out portion of it, it's non-existent and i i attribute it to a couple of things and you guys help me if i'm wrong here number one the in-home consumption has become so good that staying at home just outweighs everything else of going out number two weather obviously it's minnesota it's been brutally cold these last couple of weeks but number three i personally think that a lot of people between the ages of about 20 five to about 40 they just don't want to deal with all of the nonsense that goes out with paying for parking maybe going out downtown you got to deal with other things yeah i I just think that that there's a lot of those factors that are weighing against the going out crowd you guys correct me if i'm wrong ryan you start no i think you're i think you're absolutely right i i think it kind of harkens back to the last segment and what we're talking about i think you know economics are a big piece i think home entertainment has gotten a lot better. Yep. I think people are looking for more, you know, connections with their friends too. So they're just as happy, you know, sitting at home and playing a board game as they are going out and and dancing and, and not talking with their friends. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just a different way of bonding. But mm-hmm. I think I think there's a lot going on there. 
I know that it's hurt some bars. Mm-hmm. I think tap rooms have been less impacted because just like in Duluth with your with your uh, tap room, Ben, it's it's more of a family type environment very a lot social. of the time. It's very you social. Yeah, there's board games yeah. and yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on outside of just drinking. Yep. Right. So I don't know. How do you feel? I I totally agree with you. And I was I was just going to say, Reavers, I think you were on with everything that you said, but I was going to add an extra point, and that's that there's there's now also a halfway in between. What what I've seen in my time twenty ish years in bars, and then uh, th- coming up on three now with craft beer, is the expansion of really great bars and food programs um, and entertainment farther out in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was out of college, uh, my mom lived up in Maple Grove and you go up there and I try and meet up with a couple of friends and it was like two towny bars, maybe three and that's it. So if you wanted to do anything for New Year's Eve, if you wanted to just get kind of dressed up, you had to go, downtown. you still had to go downtown. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, like I spent New Year's Eve at a place in St. Michael called, um, the main street farmer. I was blown away at the quality of food coming out of that kitchen, how beautiful everything looked. Their cocktail program was incredibly inventive, um, and it was packed. And those are all people looking around that room. Those were all people in late 20s to early 40s that would have been downtown five years ago, but now they're there. Now they're at a tap yep. room yep. because the tap room is built around people having that experience of the culture of what's going on. It's not you're just sitting at a bar you know, tipping a bartender and getting a drink and that's it. You're buying into that kind of thing. So you can feel like a family by going to a tap room. You can get somewhere that has the same stuff behind the bar that a downtown bar would, but it's five minutes from my house. Sure, And that point oh eight has something to do with that. Absolutely. Too, right? It does. Yeah, If you live out in St. Michael, you're not driving in to celebrate New Year's mm-hmm. downtown. You live in the, Carver. You're yeah, not, you're, you're not, not getting an Uber. Yeah, unless you stay yeah. overnight, right? It's, it's way impossible to do. Yep. I, I agree with him. I, I've seen more great restaurants open up in Robbinsdale, and you're thinking, oh, there's a great restaurant in Robbinsdale? Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing else. And it's, it's impressive that way. Reavers, what do you think? Um, I think it's financially um, driven for a lot of different aspects, and I think that a lot of those places that are downtown got a little fat and happy mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent, and I think that they anticipated... And I will, I will say this, and I, I don't mean to rip the city of Minneapolis, but I think the city, city of Minneapolis doesn't realize the problem they have on their hands as it relates to me, mm-hmm. the guy that's married, has a couple of kids. I don't want to drive downtown with my wife mm-hmm. to deal with the nonsense. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's more of me that's just unwilling to deal with that anymore than I, than I would have been 10 years ago before I had children. Mm-hmm. I just, I just literally think that that's well part said. of the problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that. Did I get political? Did I go Bono on just, it at the end of the, at the no? End of but the I show? think the people that own the bars that you know are screaming at their city council members and yep. screaming at the mayor to do something because basically downtown's going to empty out and it's going to become you know Washington Avenue. All right. So in the closing minute that we have here, Ben, for anything that we want, uh, anything new related to Bent Paddle, where can we find that, sir? I'm sorry. Are you asking me what's coming out new, or where are people going to find our stuff? What's your website? You have, you have 45 <laughs> seconds to tell me whatever you want to tell me. That's what you have. Uh, check us out on all of the social medias and the webs. Uh, Bet Paddle Brewing, uh, and 
if you've never tried any of our stuff, just walk into a, a beautiful wine, beer, and uh, liquor store like our good friends at Elevated and grab something off the shelf. Or just go to the Ballpark Cafe at the State Fair and hit you up. Oh, we got a lot of plans <laughs> for the State Fair. It's going to be a good time. Awesome. And the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, folks, are Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. And uh, Ryan, you guys are all over this place. Uh, well, I was just going to mention, too, real quick, the uh, the seller sale is just in a few days on the 10th of February, and there's going to be a lot of uh, really cool stuff from, from all over the state, but we're going to have, of course, some double shot, double black yeah. available nice. at both stores, and if you, if you missed that on the first run, we'll have some from... From earlier this year, we'll have some from uh, from a couple years ago as well. So get out there and uh, and participate in this. It's huge. You're the best ever, my friend. Thanks. You too. You and also, it. I think we can remind everybody that if they haven't tried something from Bet Pavel or it's been a little while, they can come on down to uh, both elevated locations this weekend and uh, Friday and Saturday and, and do a little tasting. Yeah. White Bear, Friday night, 5 to 7, and we'll be doing Minneapolis 3 to 5 on Saturday. All right. You guys are the best. I love you all. Thank you, Reavers. You're the best. All right. Thank you. If you missed any portion of the program, check out the podcast. You can find it online at 1500onscorenorth.com. Dang it. I almost I almost said it, but I didn't. Scorenorth.com is where you can find the podcast. Until next Thursday night, we'll do it again. Cheers. the flame Where